And so I got these two books while I was in Orlando visiting my friend Desi. Hey, Desi. Um, one is an emotional intelligence test and the other is a personality test. And it's full of these yes or no questions. I'm going to ask you a few of them. Do you sometimes have cruel fantasies? Yes. <laughs> we all have darkness within us. We do. <laughs> do you fear boredom? I don't even think I think about boredom. Because for me, if nothing's happening, that means I can probably rest. <laughs> so I don't. I used to hate being bored because I'm just like, oh my God, I feel like I should be doing something. And now I'm just like, you have free time. You got time to rest. You have time to think. Mm -hmm. Remember how I was like, I was like, I think I'm depressed because I'm bored with everything. <laughs> was that kind of like a boredom? Like you didn't feel challenged. It's like I did not feel, and I felt like it just went on for a good way, a good year, and then mm -hmm. 2021 popped up. And I was on a roll. I was in a film mm -hmm. doing the leadership incubator. I published an article. I was doing this. I, I was just like, boom, boom, boom. And then it's just like, bored again. And then you just have like another moment. Um, is it essential that you succeed in life? Yes. I mean, who wants to fail? Is the opposite of success failure? Because I'm like, what is it? If you're not number one, if you're not in first, you're last. I think Ricky Bobby taught us that. I think it's like a, a chicken and an egg type of scenario because yeah. even as you work towards succeeding, you fail. So mm -hmm. is failure also essential in life? It is. It is. Yeah. All of that's essential. Do you get annoyed when people do not admit that they are wrong? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay, I lied. Not for the last question. These are some good ones. Okay, keep going. I just saw one about dishes. Where is it? Where did I see it? Oh my God, where is it? Well, basically the question was, when you're frustrated, do you break dishes? I mean, like literally or other damning literally activities? dishes. Oh, hell no, because you got to clean that up. You got to really be mindful of the messes you make in the middle of anger because you got to go back and clean those messes up when it's all done. Mm -mm. And I do have a few plates that are unbreakable, allegedly. I've never tried to throw them, mm -hmm. but um, that's never been mine. I'm more of a let me cry out loud or let me scream in anger, or maybe I have some kinetic energy to work off. Like, let me put on my sneakers and my headphones and go for a walk real quick. Yeah, I, I'm a walker. Like, I think I get that from my mom. I was just like, I, I need to move my legs before mm -hmm. I punch a wall right now. Right. And I, I just break things, but I will lash out with my fist. Mm -hmm. I'm the angry. Wanna make sure I'm that type of person <laughs> that mama went out to get a a gallon of cashew milk and never came home. Because <laughs> I just started walking because I just needed yeah. to breathe, you know. Do you advocate force? when necessary. Yes. It's physics. You got to apply pressure sometimes. Yeah. I like to think my way out of things before I have to take it up a notch, as I like to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> before you have to escalate it. Right. Before we take this up a notch, let's see how we can think this through. Melanie, 
Hmm. Do you feel sorry for injured birds? I do. I have a soft place for all animals. Yeah, I was going to say, whenever I've seen an animal it's that's injured, it it's this is pre-Sarah McLaughlin. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> just a little, it starts to, yeah. Here's an easy question for the both of us. Do you like buying things? Yes. Yeah. Depending on the things. You know, it <laughs> took me, what, like uh, two weeks or whatever to finally purchase a laptop oh. after I did all the research and asked computer people and wanted to find the right price. And then I just finally did it. I was like, girl, just get the laptop. Just get it. Buy it's it. going to be outdated in like six to 10 years anyway. <laughs> just get it and, you know, do what you need to do. Yeah. I'm looking forward to going shopping today. Uh, I'm preparing for my fellowship. So I'll be flying out to San Francisco next week. Um, your girl out here. Uh, hey, friends. Welcome back to On the Phone with Friends. And this is Melanie talking about my fellowship and getting ready to go out to San Francisco for the Peace Studio Fellow. I'm part of the first class 2022. <laughs> over there with their air horn what's up girl hey girl it's your girl natalie natalie siobhan not also known as dynamo natalie yeah. the glamour puss herself yeah in the flesh in also, the flesh hey also your majesty please <laughs> miss black ass america 2022 oh my god I feel like we should probably do that quarterly. You know, pageants, you know, you have to wait a whole year. Scholarship competition. Shit be shifting <laughs> like every quarter. Like we're coming into <laughs> quarter four here soon. And I feel like our pageant should be quarterly. What do you think? I mean, we already joked in the past how CMT has an award show like every two or three yeah, months. Yeah, the Country Music Awards <laughs> is always on like every There's always month. something every quarter. <laughs> so yes, every quarter we need to be checking in and making sure we got our crowns on straight. Yeah. Um, I got to yeah. reach out to their people to see if we can get a press pass and um, bring this Black Ass America quarter three. That's 2022. right. So congratulations <laughs> to you. We're very proud of you still. And I look, I cannot wait to hear from you today um, in terms of what we're talking about, because we're talking to your friend and your cousin. Tell us about Alanda. Oh, my goodness. Alanda Small Campbell. Um, oh, whole name. A whole name. That's right. <laughs> you know, you hear that small in there. And, you know, I know there's some Caribbean people out there going, wait a minute. Is there yeah. some Jamaican in there? There is some Jamaican in there as well. But she, for me, is, what is it? She's of the moment. She's an icon. <laughs> she is. She is one of my cousins who I just adore, who has these, one, she has a wonderful way of just expressing herself and really connecting with people. And when you start talking to Alanda, you feel like you've known her your whole life, even yeah. if you've just met her. The, the positive sister energy is there. Just when I think about what is that song by Aretha Franklin? Um, young, gifted, and black. We are forever young, um, gifted, and black. And and her black is beautiful inside and out. Just a wonderful conversation about catching up, and it's like no time has passed at all. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed listening uh, to the conversation as I was putting this episode together. And one of the things that I can appreciate and felt like it was hella relatable was her 
portion of the conversation where she talked about, you know, being called an Oreo and coming Mm. down to Mississippi and, you know, the accusation that many black women, when they were black girls used to hear, you talk white, you think you better than everybody. Why do you talk so proper? And oh oh my God, like story of my fucking life. Give me a break. I grew up in the same black ass neighborhood as you all with my black ass parents and my blackness was not enough. And I think in some ways it still is challenged. Like when people, you know, ask me where I'm from, like, you don't sound like I live in Memphis, but you know, people say you don't sound like you're from Memphis. And if you don't know, uh, Memphis definitely has a particular vernacular. It does um, have a sound. <laughs> it, it really it does. definitely has a, a certain cadence to it. And when people find out that I'm from Mississippi, especially from South Mississippi, and then when they realize I'm from the portion of South Mississippi that has beaches, and then I always get asked once again, they don't know that Mississippi has beaches. Yes. Come on now, we do. The <laughs> we Gulf got- Coast. Yeah. So it's just like, you're from Mississippi and you talk like that, but it's just like, honestly, if you've been listening to this podcast for the last three episodes, my countryness, my good black ass countryness comes out. It's in there. <laughs> when it I get real, t- oh, it is in there. Um, but I mean, we have this thing where we say amongst ourselves, where we had to really grow up and really appreciate who we were. Mm-hmm. and you know get into college where we met each other and we were able to meet other black kids that talk like us and we were still country still very black did some very black ass shit in school but at the same time we embraced what I like to call our eloquent negro yes and if you went to a black negro. church growing up especially a black church in the south Come on. There were certain people that would be MCs of the church program, and they were usually the best speakers in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Miss Audrey Langham at Pleasant Valley uh, Baptist Church in Picayune, Mississippi. And oh my gosh, she used to have this big, booming voice, and she yes. called my mama Betty, and she'd be like, Hello, Betty, how you doing today? And, you know, <laughs> But I love Miss Audrey and just everything that was about her and just how she stood and how she would just project her voice. And honestly, those were the kind of Black people that I grew up around. And my father was a very well-read man. He was a great elocutor, but he was not college educated. And neither was my mother, but that's where we learned to speak. And so we grew up in a household where we spoke to one another. We had conversations as a family. We read a lot of books. I grew up watching the Tony Brown Journal. So I saw other Black people, (laughs) you know, speaking very eloquently and, you know, sitting down as a family and watching the Eyes on the Prize miniseries as a family. I I remember that. I remember Eyes on the Prize. Right. So it was just kind of like once I stepped outside of our house, once I stepped outside of our community and I went Mm. into the school, not in, not in like our neighborhood with the same kids that teased me, like when we were in our neighborhoods, never got accused of that. It was only when we were in the school Mm-hmm. that I would it's be a different accused. world out there right. such a weird dynamic once I got into the hallways that's when I was accused of being white 
or acting, you know, acting white or being an Oreo or you stuck up, you're rich girl, y'all yeah. live in that big old house and all that kind of stuff. So it's like when Alanda was talking about that in the conversation, I was like, this is going to resonate with some folks. And if it doesn't, were you the person that either sat to the side silently and did not defend those black girls or you were the bully? Right. Were you the perpetrator in this situation? Yeah. And it's just, that's, that's such an interesting dynamic. What's your take on that? Because she said that was something that she had in common with you as her cousin Mm -hmm. and as her friend, you spoke a certain way because you're not originally from Mississippi. No, I'm, I was raised in Mississippi, but um, was born in Sandusky, Ohio, <laughs> um, right up there on Lake Erie. And, you know, I will tell people this and I'll, I will, you know, mention, you know, the there are great moments in American history and there are blights in American history that we talk about from racism to all the isms. But I saw it played out differently up north than I did down south. And um, the different dynamics outside of the race and inside of the race. And so for me, I always thought you talk based on where you were born, where you learned mm-hmm. how to speak. That's that's how you talk. Yeah. So imagine this little, you know, the voice that you hear right now in a little six or seven year old, you know, coming down to Mississippi and, you know, the first experience, I, I won't even give this person the, the, the notoriety of even naming them, but being at this, I just remember <laughs> going to just Sweet Hope Missionary Baptist Church, and this girl had cornered me in the hallway and was like, why you talk so proper? Why you talk like that? And um, later on, meeting someone that became a very good friend of mine who will be on the show later, Jenny, Jenny Jordan at, um, (laughs) wow, at St. Luke Missionary Baptist Church, a whole experience. (laughs) You gotta love these good Mississippi churches. One church to another, you know, (laughs) Um, and just having that experience start there and the kids in the neighborhood knew me because we had friends and common, like cousin friends from Ohio that had cousins right there in the same neighborhood so we all knew each other and played and stuff and it wasn't like a weird thing like you're acting this way but outside like you said outside of the neighborhood in the schoolyard was where it came in with the accusations of accusations of you're talking white or you know just hearing you talk proper and I had to I went home and I was like well mom what does it mean to talk proper because you know like the opposite of proper I I thought was like improper or wrong and you know she's like just don't even don't even pay that any attention but getting that a lot and it really got me to thinking I don't think I had my black rage at that point or I didn't have a name for it (laughs) but it was starting to simmer very early because I started to just notice things and I noticed that nobody who was not black would ever say that to me it was only yeah, that's my the, own that's the kind confusing part that would say it. that. And it's like, so right. over over several years, it came down to like, what is it to really be Black? Who actually holds that power? And I, it took me a while to realize that the very people <clears throat> that were questioning my Blackness were not even in a position to give, to award Blackness or take it away. Right. You know, these are the same people out here inviting everybody to the barbecue. Everybody can't come Ooh. to the barbecue. Yeah. And we let those individuals... Um, question our blackness yeah you know what it means to be black and 
through several friendships, I think really helped me to feel accepted in my blackness, finding friends who liked the same types of books or music that I did and understood that we could like Guns N' Roses if we wanted to. We're nuanced, yeah. you know, that I could listen to Lenny Kravitz and that's <clears throat> not weird. Um, and when she when she spoke about that questioning and being in different neighborhoods and environments that is that is like your first education and I think that's an important thing that your first education is you're in your own home and you go out into your community and you have something to come back and talk to your parents about and really start to define who you are and what blackness is yeah and I think what's also interesting to kind of observe about that is how we witnessed and experienced that in schools. And mm -hmm. I can probably say all of us went to public school for the most part, but I think it's interesting that when you go to an inherently racist institution where black children are educated alongside the white children that couldn't go to private school and you have black kids that are basically trying to determine where you are on this blackness spectrum or, or yes. even have the honor of having a black card because it's almost like they're stuck in a definition of blackness that's acceptable to white people. Mm. And a definition that we've co-signed mm. that for some reason does not permit us to also have excellence. Right. And I think we talked about this earlier. I said, in our community, we've been very notorious. And I'm just saying like me individually, you individually haven't done this, but just in a collective sense, have um, have ostracized or demonized each other for doing the very things or having the very things and opportunities that we canonize another race for having. Right, right. You know, you talked about living in a two-story house. You know, yeah, we moved to Mississippi. Yeah. I didn't in know a any black, black neighborhood in a, a two-story house. Not when I left Ohio, I didn't see any black people in two-story house. I was like, yeah. you know, until, you know, one of my friends later on, I was like, oh my gosh, that house has levels. <laughs> yeah. But it's like my father and other men in the community built that house by hand mm -hmm. on his mother's land. So we wouldn't have had that house if my grandmother didn't own property. Come on. And then the shack that she lived in, my father had that torn down and built a house for his family. He was not college educated. My mother was permitted to even apply like the sheriff of Pearl River County, who was also a member of the Klan, brought her application back to her, to her yes. home and said, we don't allow niggers into this school. Mm. And so that was the shit that my parents went up against, even though there were others that went off to HBCUs. My parents decided to work. And so to be a first generation college student that came from that, doesn't make me no more or no less black than anybody else in that neighborhood that I grew up in where our family home is still at. I grew up on the black side of town. It was on the South side of the railroad tracks and the white folks lived on the North side of the railroad mm. tracks. Our house is still there. When I go home, I still go back to that neighborhood mm -hmm. and that neighborhood gave me my life. You know what I'm saying? That's why I grew up on my grandmother's land. Who would I be without that? But to know that my father built that house and did what he had to do to make sure that we were good and ended up going to trade school 
And it was just like, shit, that's all I know. And to Mm -hmm. see other Black men do that for their families, it's just such an odd place to be when people accuse you of not being Black enough, as if to say Mm -hmm. that you're not good enough to be around me because you're not socially acceptable to the white people that may find you offensive because you might be doing something wrong. And sometimes I wonder about that now, you know, hindsight 2020 with the knowledge that I have, did they think we were doing something wrong because they were also afraid of white people? Yes, I and I I do think on on a an, um a or even their place level. with white people. Like mm-hmm. if I stay in good favor with them, then I'll be able to get away with things without being excellent. I, I've seen that too, and I think there is a general distrust, or has been a general distrust, when you have black people who are who may have the ability to, and this is on both sides of it, you know, you don't have to necessarily have the best speaking voice or the most education, but a person that can move between two different areas. Yeah. There's always been that suspicion of, oh, well, if they're talking like that person's talking or they're comfortable around those people and those people are comfortable having them around, then we can't trust them because they're probably going to do something to us. When in irony, I mean, Come on now. Um, what was that man's name? Who is it? Nipsey? Um, I'm thinking old Starsky and Hutch, but <laughs> Nipsey was the narc in the neighborhood telling everybody's business. You know, mm-hmm. he was the stool pigeon and he blended right in with everybody else. Nobody would have expected him to be the person that's like telling the popo everything right. that's going on. He was the informant. The and so, real Oreo. That was the real Oreo. We're out here Nipsey getting mad was because the real Oreo. <laughs> right. Get mad at people because maybe they want to learn another language or they enjoy in, in the new generation anime or something. Mm. Or they just have a zest for something different or different sports. Um, just just being who you are. And I think it's it's so flipped upside down because we have to realize that we, and I know I say this probably every episode, that black people are not a monolith and black women are not a monolith either. That if I'm if I have this this graduate degree, I'm not I'm not, that doesn't mean that I'm better than the young lady who maybe didn't even finish high school or who chose to go mm-hmm. a different route. We are both black women deserving of respect deserving to have our voices heard deserving to contribute to the conversation that affects our own outcome and when it comes to black people and black community and black liberation fred hampton said in his autobiography to die for uh, my people he talked about three levels of organization that black people need to have to achieve their liberation you need the black politician as much as you need the black bourgeois college educated black person, Mm -hmm. as well as those on the grassroots level that live in the community still. If we don't come together, (laughs) it is easy to break us apart. And, you know, Mm -hmm. brother, brother Fred, you know, said that it's in black and white and we still are struggling with this today. Go ahead and take us into Alanda's conversation. I'm so ready for folks to hear this. Okay. Well, I sat down with um, my first cousin, Alanda, and had a wonderful conversation where we're going to talk about what it really is, what it means to be a proper Black girl, and about the communities and how we were raised, how we see ourselves, and how we really can be 
the best friends to each other and show each other that love and it's just refreshing. So I'm excited to share this with you. Um, I believe that once you've had an opportunity to listen to our conversation, you're gonna wanna follow Alanda and we're gonna give you some information on where you can find her on social media. So sit tight and enjoy. All right, so we're just gonna roll with it. Um, okay. This is one half of the dynamic duo of On the Phone with Friends. I'm Natalie Everett, and I am here today with my cousin, Alanda Small Campbell. Hello. <laughs> all right. So um, first of all, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. So let's kind of start off here. How did we meet? Oh, gosh. Um, my first memory of meeting you was... I think like I live here in Mobile, Alabama, and I think the first time I met you was in Mobile. Um, I believe it was at our grandmother's house when she lived here in Mobile. Oh, and wow. yeah, and we used to come like we used to come down from New York to visit my mother's relatives. And at that time, our grandmother lived in here and uh, then we would visit other family in Mississippi and everybody. So that was my, that was my first memory of you. Oh my goodness. That was so long ago. I do remember her being there at, it was like Hillside Heights or something. It like was that. something. I just knew, I knew it was a subdivision. That's mm -hmm. all I remember. Like, I don't, honestly, I remember after I moved here because that was so long ago. And then when I came back to Mobile was just from with uh, being at Southern Miss and we sang mm -hmm. in a concert at the Sanger Theater. And I hadn't been to Mobile since, you know, and and then moving here for work, uh, I was like, I wonder where that is. And once I talked to my mother, she was not that she knew Mobile <laughs> that well, but she said, basically that subdivision doesn't even exist anymore, I don't think. I don't think it does. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I was going to say it's been probably over a decade plus. Uh-huh. I, I remember just kind of riding through there. Mm -hmm. um, now, for our listeners, Alanda and I are first cousins on our mom's side. Mm -hmm. so our moms are sisters. Yes. And gosh, I do remember going down there to Mobile and wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we go I know. all the way back to the beginning. Uh-huh. That is it. So our situation is a little bit unique, though. You know, um, it's like, when did we know we were friends? Oh, gosh. I felt like we, like, you know, you had grown up in New York. I grew up in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think we ended up reconnecting when you guys moved to the Hattiesburg area. Yes. Because you were in college. You were in college. Or were you? I think were I was an undergrad at that point. Yeah. Either mm -hmm. undergrad or going to grad. I think I was an undergrad. Yeah. Yeah. So y'all didn't live that far away. So I was like, I'm going to no. over there. We got to see each other a lot more often and realize mm -hmm. just how goofy we both were. Well, and the thing about, the one thing that I realized probably about you and about myself is I think that even though you were raised from a certain point in the South yeah. and I was not raised in the South at all, I feel like our our speaking voices, something about 
the way that we speak or something. I felt that there was some sort of similarity in, I don't know, just, just things. Yeah. 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 Like, I don't really know how to say it, but you know what? The one thing I do remember is when we would come to the South, uh, when I would come to the South as a kid, there would always be these kids you'd meet in the neighborhood that would be like, and I never heard anybody say it this way. They would say, you talk so proper. Yeah. <laughs> and and like, they would say stuff like, uh, I remember being called a Yankee. And in my head as a little kid, that didn't make <laughs> sense because I didn't know what that mean. I didn't know what that meant. I thought, you know, I knew that we had the Yankees, <laughs> the right, baseball the team. Yankees. So I did, but I didn't understand that that was supposed to be like, I guess, like a put down. <laughs> yeah, that and that that was so weird to me because I'm trying to remember being called a Yankee, but also hearing the proper part. And mm -hmm. I just for a while, I just felt like was my black card being revoked? I know. And, I, like, I guess that's what it was. But I was like, is there something wrong with talking proper? <laughs> Right. It's like, do you want me to talk improper? Like, I know. I was like, I didn't know that was something good. <laughs> so, that was this, a, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that all I was thinking was that was just the first time I had ever heard at that age. Mm -hmm. I got it as I got older, even in New York. But at that age, I had never had anybody say anything about how I talked. Right. Like mm -hmm. it, it just always felt right and normal. Like there's. I don't know. If like, if this is the voice that comes out of you, <laughs> I don't really see. The voice <laughs> like, you've always had. I know. I know. But yeah, I do remember that. And I, I think with that, um, that's a good um, place to stop for a second as, as black women, you know, we think about mm -hmm. black women and black friendship, but just, um, being a young black woman, a black girl growing into a woman. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're already, you're already at a situation where it's like, okay, I'm a black woman in this society, but now it's like, you get kind of getting picked apart. Like, you know, the things that others would tell us is wrong with how we speak, you know, the elders would say that's perfect. Like you're, you're mm -hmm. better able to navigate this world because of the way that you speak. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I remember like what I kind of mentioned just a moment ago was that at that age, when I would come to the South, that, that was the first time I'd heard anybody say something about how I speak yeah. or things like that. But it wasn't until I started to get until where I grew up in Albany, we moved outside of town and we went from being, my school was super multicultural. It was mostly black, but there was a little bit of everybody. A lot of Latinos, a lot of Asians, mm -hmm. a lot of black people, a little sprinkling of white kids, but you know, like we went every kind of person you could think of, like Arab kids, everybody. Yeah. But then I moved to an all white town, like all white, it was just right outside. And what I, the white kids didn't say anything about how I spoke, but what happened is because I moved a little bit outside of town to a white town that the people that I knew, some of them would start to say stuff about where I lived. Ah. So I started to get a little bit of judgment about living out there. Oh, you think you're better than us? Oh, she even talks like a white girl. Oh, mm -hmm. you're an Oreo, black on, the black on the outside, white on the inside. And I was like, just because my parents moved 
She's <laughs> like, like, uh, do you not see me? <laughs> like, what? And, and so if, that's what I'm saying. I was like, nothing has changed other than my location. But that was that was one of the judgments that I started to get at when I was a teenager after moving. I moved in um, when I went into seventh grade and my school was it was a small town. So it was a junior high and high school. But that was the thing. And my first day of school, I got some racism. Uh, but so it was like it was kind of like you know, a double. <laughs> I got mm -hmm. a bunch of being judged by people I knew just because I moved. And then you got to deal with some, you know, some people that just don't know black people and want to call you names and stuff like that. So that I always tell people that that experience, I, I what I've been trying to do in a way almost is like revision and, and uh, revision the past and mm -hmm. take lessons from the things that I've learned or experienced. Right. And the one thing about that is it really, I'm so glad that I did have that experience. Mm -hmm. I can't control what anyone said, but having had that experience really today, even to this day, has continued to help me to navigate and understand or be open to understanding people yes. in a different way because I've been placed in so many different situations. So it's not like going, I tell anybody, I can pretty much go anywhere yes. and not really have an issue with going anywhere because if you've dealt with tough things, like if you've never dealt with tough things, then man, I would hate if you were in your 30s or 40s. I know that's right. Is, Getting that first taste the, of disappointment. Yes. If this is your first time, it's going to be hard. Yes. But if you from a younger age have, have been able to deal with some challenging things and then still be fine, you mm -hmm. know, or still be able to uh, feel like you're doing well, that that helps you. For me, it helped me even mm -hmm. to this day. Mm -hmm. good stuff and I just realized that we, we just jumped right in and I'm just assuming the listeners know everything they need to know about you and yeah. I would <laughs> I would like for you to introduce yourself briefly tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are okay well my name is Alanda I was born and raised in New York in New York State I won't say if I say New York people think New York City right but I was raised from about the age of five we went from downstate which is your whole New York City area to upstate so I was raised in Albany the capital and the, that area I um I started college there and but then later moved to the south my mother is originally from the south and uh, moved back to the South once I was almost 20 years old and I changed my major in school and majored in music. And all of mm -hmm. my um, degrees are in music. Um, everything that I do is, it's uh, really classical music. Mm -hmm. I was trained as a, all my, uh, I have a bachelor's, a master's and a doctorate in vocal performance and pedagogy. Yes. And um, so I teach voice lessons, but my only desire, I always, I always go back to this, my only desire ever was to only sing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to survive, so you have to do other things. But if I could, the only thing I would be doing today would be performing. So I get to do, I get to do some of that in some for some opera companies in the region and stuff. And then I've done some stuff on the West Coast and what have you, but I do like concerts and stuff like that. And then I um, 
I, I'm a music director at a church. Mm-hmm. I teach at the University of West Florida in Pensacola. So I live in this area and kind of just drive a little bit. And so everything I do is in music. And I'm married and I have two two little boys who are, well, I, I say little. They probably, you know <laughs> what? They're little to me. You know what I mean? They're little to me. <laughs> they're in elementary school. So they're, they're still little. <laughs> they're just that you know like I tell them I was like you're gonna be I said one day you're gonna be a grown man and just I'm just telling you to be prepared that I will always call you my baby that's just what's right (laughs) that's what's gonna happen (laughs) so yeah so that's a little bit about me all right well and at the end we'll share some information on how they can follow you on the socials um if you like that (laughs) yeah you guys I'm not just saying this because she's my cousin too but um, this woman can sing, not just sing, but <laughs> sing. Like, I know she's got degrees, but she can sing without degrees. Like, she is natural <laughs> talent. Like, she starts singing, babies start crying, your eyes start tearing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, your solar plexus starts vibrating and, you, you know, and you, you center there. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> Um, so let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about what, um, what makes our friendship work? I would think that, I think the, what makes our friendship work with, with it being all of it, also us being family that I don't think that there are, and I think I carry the same idea into any of my friendships is that, I'm all about letting anybody be who they really are. Yes. You're just in a really situation um, where there's something unusual happening. Any of my friendships, I just want to be who I am and let you be who you are. Yes. I've and always appreciated not, that too. Yeah. And it's not about like changing changing who anyone is it's very much about uh accepting people and then also accepting the fact that people do change over the years Mm -hmm. the worst thing is to be around people who can only remember a version of you yes they get stuck on the 18 year old version of you or the 20 year old version of you. And you're, you're here in 2022 living your best life. You know, you might be talking about manifesting and everything else. And they're like, I remember you back in, uh, <laughs> such and you're just like, really? <laughs> I was 12. I know. So I think that that is what works for me in friendships is that I feel like we are always what works for us is that we are ever evolving people. And if you can just be there for who like I'm here for who you are Mm -hmm. and who you're becoming and all of that. But I'm not here to be like the judgment let me bring up what doesn't even exist anymore. Right. A version of who you are. But I think mm-hmm. that's what makes us work is that it's just, we can be who we are without any sort of, cause some people there's friends with, uh, there's friends with some certain parameters. Like right. there's some friends where you could just be, 
you could just be. And then there are some friends that you you only let them see certain sides mm-hmm. because you know how they respond. Right. Like if I have a super judgy friend who I yeah. who I who I care about, but I know how they are. Yeah, yeah. I I do I I will sometimes pull back on certain things because I know I don't feel like you giving me a scripture because you might mm-hmm. feel as if <laughs> I'm you know what I mean I'm really concerned about you and I'm gonna pray <laughs> like listen <laughs> just let me be <laughs> like you can you can still pray for me but you know can't can like, I just tell you about what happened with this guy yeah it's you know? like it's like they're like no you can be open and you're like inside your your mm, instinct is be like don't don't you tell her don't you say <laughs> it <laughs> never forget it never yeah never forget. but i think that's what <laughs> i think that's what works is that we just let each other just be who we are yes mm-hmm. and i love that i i can say this on on my end that um, you know, like we were, my brother and I and our mom, we were in Ohio and we moved back to Mississippi. And so we didn't see you guys as often mm-hmm. until you moved down, you know, I was much older. And for the longest, I didn't have that, you know, I, I didn't have any sisters. Like we're both mm-hmm. like that in our family where we're the only girl, you know, uh-huh. I've noticed that trend a lot. Like there's that one girl in the family that's it's it. true. And, it's true. Um, yeah. It's true. And, um, I, the thing that I really liked was being able to start getting to know you again as an, as like a young woman was, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I've got this older cousin that knows things. She's a woman. She's been places. You know, I was just like, I need to learn at her feet. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. And, you know, I already had friends and stuff, but it was so great to have like a friend who was also family to do stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I just remember like just just fun stuff, whether it was going to get something to eat or going to the gym with our ripped up t-shirts. Oh my God. <laughs> good times. So many good times. And I just, I really, I'd, I'd like that. It was like, okay, this is someone who I really can be like my weirdo self with, but I can talk to about stuff too. And they yeah. understand, like we can understand each other's origin stories too. Yes. Because yes. of that, that family tie to say, I, I know where you're coming from, girl. I, t- I yeah. understand, you know, yeah. and that, that really was a beautiful, that's a beautiful, safe place to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I love that. And I love the fact that we can celebrate things. Like we cannot talk for a while and then just start talking again Yeah, and not miss a beat. And so I really want to do better about spending more time. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to get my world tour down here, um, make my way back around to Mobile. <laughs> I know I need I need to come your way. I really do. Come on, you know? come on over to the Peach State now. Come on. Let me tell you. It, you know, I haven't usually I would go, I go through, but let me tell you, you know what happens? Unless your destination is Atlanta, if you're going through Atlanta, the only thing you're thinking about is getting through. Right. <laughs> like, getting through that traffic or getting oh, through man. when there's no traffic, you know. Oh man. Like I think the last time I came through there. Um, I would, uh, we got through and it was traffic, but there were no stops. It was like a miracle of miracles. Oh, just kind of flowed through like on just a boat. flowed, just flowed all the way through. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, this probably is the only time mm-hmm. <laughs> it's ever going to happen. But yeah, 
we need to do maybe like a young people's version of a or what you know uh probably for younger people than me they probably like you ain't young <laughs> uh we are young we we don't like, we don't uh, shoot, whatever we're what? <laughs> out here glowing that's another thing i always remember was that you're always well moisturized always oh, I, let me tell you i stay moisture i tell if somebody touches me i'm like listen your hand might slide off because i am coiled <laughs> up <laughs> i am well, we believe in being well moisturized and on the phone with yes. friends, like oil, yes. butters. You're not yes. gonna, I was going to say, you're not going to catch us slipping. But we might be slipping because we're so I well might moisturized. Be slipping, but let me tell you, you're not going to catch me all dried up, wrinkled. That's right. That is right. I'm going to let you pick the next question if you've got the questions in front of you. I don't. I okay. should. Well, I'm think just gonna, I would. I'm going to pick a number between five and nine. Seven. All right. All right. What do you wish more people knew about Black women and Black women friendships? Hmm. Black women friendships. What do you wish more people knew about Black women and friendship? I think that a lot of people, because they don't know Black, if they don't know actual Black women, and they know a version of Black women as depicted on television or in film, mm -hmm. that they would realize that our personalities and friendships kind of run the gamut of a lot of different things. And that, no, it's not, everybody is not like real housewives of whatever mm -hmm. city. And everything is not about a knockdown drag out when you're on a, a, a tropical vacation and all that kind of they stuff. They always fight when they go out of town. I they just always fight. But I think what it is, is that I think with Black women friendships, there's, when you're really authentic with your friends, that there's so much that you can relate on. Yeah. That even if your stories are not the same, if somebody says, you know, you know what it's like when you go to your family reunion and everybody, your older people start talking about some cousin that you ain't never heard of and they spend their time trying to figure out yes. who's, what line of cousins and all this kind of stuff and you just like <sighs> 20 minutes later <laughs> basically you're like but that's things that people can relate to mm -hmm. where maybe if your friend is not black they cannot relate to just certain things like that so i think uh -huh. i think uh cultural things and then I think for people who are really truly friends where they are just like accepting mm -hmm. I love what people are accepting because we all don't come from the same part of the country no. same background but I think that just that acceptance of um where you are uh where you've been where you're going mm -hmm. and I think the story and sometimes there's a lot of joy and then there's a lot of pain and sometimes when you're in different situations people don't always understand black stories yes and I remember telling yeah. some people about my you know like my mother was divorced from my father and remarried and stuff and I had someone judge me based upon the fact that my parents 
had not been married. Ah. You know, like their parents had been married for X number of years. And they were like, oh, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. I was like, what are you talking about? That happened to you, yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think that there's there's a think cultural things mm-hmm. that sometimes people uh, that black women might be able to relate to where you don't have to all of a sudden feel ashamed. So sometimes I wouldn't tell people, you know, mm-hmm. certain parts of my background because I was like, listen, I don't want to have to deal with this foolishness. Right. I got to go but and educate least, these folks today. Yeah. You don't always feel like I don't like, let me just tell you who I am without you feeling like I'm not a human and you've never heard a story like mine. Right. That, like we could that, talk to each other and say, hold your ears down when they bring that hot comb in. We already know what yeah. that's talking about, you know? Yes. Or somebody's like, how do you get your hair like that? <sighs> <laughs> Just like we live in the 21st century. Google is your friend. I don't need to be your black encyclopedia. Black encyclopedia. That's <laughs> like, it. I don't need I don't need to be the guide. There is just too much. There's too much information available in this day right. to choose ignorance. Too much. So that's the one thing I can say that I do have an appreciation for, for Black friendships, <laughs> is that you don't, you don't, unless you have somebody who really does understand cultural things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I do appreciate. Okay. And that kind of answers another question about what it takes to be a black woman's friend, being able mm-hmm. to, to, if you don't know about her culture, to learn about it, but don't make her have to be the black encyclopedia yes. to, to educate you on those things. Like to, to see her, for me, it's like seeing her as an individual person, you know, yes. but, but also seeing color that's important. You know, some people mm-hmm. say, well, I don't see colors. Like I wish you did. It's like you listen, did, you know that, that what you is, said ain't right, all, you know. That's not what you want because what it does, mm-hmm. it 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 lacks the telling of the actual story and yeah. the history and the culture and where you come from is important. Like, yes, see the color, see yes. the culture, see the culture, and at least you don't have to understand it in order to see it and or be open to learning or about it and appreciating it appreciating it because these are the same people who I used to remember people on Facebook who every time black history came around they'd be like what about white history or why does there have to be a black history month but I've seen a change in a lot of people because of Mm -hmm. the you know the whole George Floyd thing black lives Mm -hmm. matter I've seen a change in people where now the people who used to have a level of ignorance about things maybe it's what they accepted from their parents right and now they're very much like they're really learning history like they want to go to like the civil rights museum and they want to learn stuff because they're realizing not you don't get to know people by just saying I want you to be like me I want you to be a blank canvas like we don't need a blank canvas let us have let us create something right now while it you you should want to know about my culture Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to you know be ignorant to it so that's the thing it's like no please do see color we just don't we just don't want to deal with ignorance or racism but see see the color, see the history, 
see the culture and why it's significant. And then if you see the color and the culture and the history, then when you have some people who would call a black person ghetto for door knocker earrings, but then you get a fashion designer that puts them on the runway in Paris and you call that high fashion, you know, it's like you then can be able to identify, oh, I see what you're talking about. That Mm -hmm. everybody who goes and get plastic surgery, a lot of times, a lot of that is some sort sort of an, uh, 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 it looks like black women's figures, lips, right. lips, you know what I mean? All of it. So then you can say, because a lot of people used to say when black people would say things, they would say, everything's about race again. <laughs> and right, it's like, why does it have to be about race? Be- because it is. Because it is. Like, it literally is. Like, we wouldn't have to say anything if it wasn't. So that that's the thing that makes that makes the difference. Like one of my friends, what she at least, I give her credit, mm-hmm. is that she at least would, she would always say she would apologize before she asked me questions. She would say, okay, Alanda, what does it mean when someone says this? Or what does it mean when this is happening? But uh-huh. she would, uh, but she would say, let me be honest, you are the only black person I know. <laughs> because, Whoa, we, got to, we got to get her. You know what I mean? Because she became her whole world and life and everything is basically just all white people. So she did not know any black people. So we worked mm-hmm. together and that's how we met. And uh, so she would, she would be, she said, I hate that I'm making you be like the, you know, you're giving me everything that about black people. She said, because I honestly, she said, my world is white. Wow. I was like, you, I can give a pass to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I told her, I was like, I also want you to get on Google too. Right. It's like, I want you to get on there and get all the stuff. Yes. I was like, I would like for you to do some work too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do some research. I was like, it's there. The books and the information has been there. So, yeah. What are you going to learn today? Ah, uh, Exactly. I'm gonna learn today. Let's hey, hey. see. So we've got, um, and we're, we can edit this out. What I'm saying right here, we got a few. Okay. We got about seven and a half minutes left on here. It was cool. giving me the little thing, and I was like, "You want me to to pay to extend it? I don't know if I want to do that today. I no enjoy problem. free, <laughs> right? I enjoy free, right? Alrighty. Uh, let's see. Got a couple of more questions here. So I know we're going to edit this part. So I want to throw a few out there and see which ones we want to focus on. I do believe that like in what we just talked about, we talked about what we want people to know and do in regards to, um, you know what, this this would actually be another good question. Um, okay. We'll come back to that one. That might be one that we close out on. Um, how do you show up for your friends? Hmm. How do I show up for my friends? Mm-hmm. I would say that I show up for friends as I'm very much, I would say a giver. I like to give stuff. Uh-huh. Like I like, I'm a, I like to celebrate. Like I like to just be there, you know, like if it's your birthday, if uh-huh. it's whatever, I kind of, I also like to, I'm trying to think of the proper word to say 
and it's not a false kind of gassing up, but I do like to gas my friends up. Yes. We <laughs> just enjoy the to, gassing. Yeah. Just to celebrate them because I think the older we get, a lot of times, I don't know, there's, we've, we've been so bogged down with work and stuff that a lot of times we don't celebrate the way we used to. Like mm-hmm. as little kids, you go to parties and all this right. kind of stuff that celebrates people. And I think we feel like we feel like fun is for somebody else Mm -hmm. and that's like people say oh I don't mention my birthday or yeah okay whatever and I'm like how boring so I think the way that I show up is I am there to listen if they need somebody to talk to and I really one thing I can say I've worked on myself with is trying to I'm always reading and learning that just because you tell me something does not mean that you're looking for me to give you an answer to oh, whatever God's working on me on that too yeah yeah to be a fixer. I, I, believe me I got I got some solutions for you <laughs> <laughs> but I'm learning sometimes in my head I'm having like an extra conversation like no don't say that and so when they're saying like listen I love you support you I'm here for you but I know that I don't always have to I don't you might just need to vent Right, And you might not be looking for an answer. You might not want to change a behavior. You might just need to let out what it is that you're talking about. So I've learned to know that if you want that, I'm there. But I've learned to, in a way, kind of censor myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) to not feel like I need to, I don't need to guide you. We're all adults. I'm not going to guide you, but I'm just here for you if you're like, so what do you think? What do you think I should do? Yes. But other than that, I'm um, just be, uh, you, I can just like I am, some friends are for me. I, they can, I can, you can have a sounding board and support mm-hmm. without, without like what my, one of my friends, my friend Byron says, he said, you know, we're judging you, but we're not judging you. <laughs> <laughs> Judging you, but not judging. Yeah, like we're ju- we're gonna judge. You know, you tell us something, we're like, oh my god. But then you say, okay, okay. Oh you know what? Everyone has a different experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that meme where the lady's like, mm, I don't know about that, mm, but maybe yet. Yes, maybe exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's how I like to show up uh, because we do a lot of not really saying who we are because we're afraid of the response that we might get from people. So I, I'm one of those people that like, you can just show up as you are. I don't have to agree. I don't have to judge you, but I want you to show up as your authentic self, Mm -hmm. not the version that you think I need to hear or need to see. Okay. That's a word right there. Yeah. Word right there. So I haven't done this one. Um, how do you disagree yet maintain our friendship? Or maybe it's how do we disagree? I don't know if we've disagreed in a very long time. So I would think it would have been a very long time since we've disagreed. <laughs> like a very long time. But I would assume <laughs> in the modern age that um, it would just be like, okay, you are entitled to your opinion. Yeah. And I think, I think that that's pretty much, that's pretty much how I do at this point. I'm very, I'm very big on energy spent. 
at this point in life. So when it comes to certain things, like things that I used to maybe get worked up about that, even if I have a moment, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to spend any more energy on that. So it's, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I like, uh, as some people would say, if you like it, I love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've kind of gotten to that age sometimes that, I'm not going to expend energy because that would be like me trying to change you. Yes. And that's not my job. My job is to, if I'm, if I love you, we're friends, we're family is to. Mm -hmm. I feel you on that. I'm, I'm very much of that. Like first it's saying, you know, giving someone space to be themselves and saying, this is my, this is my friend, but also this is my family. It's my cousin. Yes. And we're not always going to agree on stuff, but my love is not conditional. Yes. And so, and you know, I'm still going to be here for you. Family sometimes have, family traditionally has uh, trouble with that because yeah. sometimes family members feel as if they can get away with stuff that maybe other people can't get away with. Right. Like, no, these boundaries yeah, have and, to stay and, intact. And I've seen that before. So for me, I don't want to be that person and mm-hmm. I don't want to follow that pattern. If I thought it was already unhealthy, if I'm, if I'm going to do that with friends, I should be able to do that with family. I don't need to be holding you to a different standard and getting in your business or saying things that just aren't right Amen. because we're, 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 we're related. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the thing is always remembering, would you want somebody to do you like that? So that's like, that's, that's what I'm trying to, I don't want to violate who the person is or their feelings and things like that. Thank you so much for listening, but we really are trying to get our followers up on Twitter. Who's on Twitter? We are. So follow us at OTPW Friends on Twitter. And you can also find us at the very same moniker on Instagram at OTPW Friends there. And also on Facebook at On the Phone with Friends. Now, where can you hear us? You know, you can still find your girls on Spotify, but we also are taking over Apple Podcasts. So definitely subscribe to us there. We've already got Google Podcasts. We're so excited because we are everywhere all over the world and we are coming for you, Amazon. We are coming for you on the phone with friends everywhere. Okay. And And we're back. Yay. And we're back. I think I got most of what you were saying there about showing yeah. up. So that yeah. was some good stuff there. Um, I feel like we've almost run through all of our questions, but um, mm-hmm. let's see. There's two other ones. What is something, Alanda, that you want your friends to know about you? Oh, gosh. I know. I'm trying to think. I feel that like they know a lot. I feel like they know a lot. Uh, oh, I would say that, but you know what? I think a lot of my, I think sometimes you end up being around people who are like you. Mm -hmm. So I do think that my friends understand that 
if I am not like calling or speaking, it has nothing to do with them. And it has all to do with me because sometimes I just, it's not that I don't think about things, but I have so much. And then sometimes I'm a a person that I need to uh, decompress. I need silence. And it's not about not talking to people, but it's almost about trying to take care of myself. So sometimes I will tell people I'm not a good communicator. I am when I am. And then when I'm not, I'm really not because sometimes if you're, so if you're going through stuff, I think sometimes I know there's a period in my life where I was going through some stuff that it was so hard for me to talk about things that I wouldn't tell anybody anything. Yeah. And I was a terrible communicator. So I would just apologize for that, but it wasn't about me you know, not being mm-hmm. like funny acting or anything like that, but just being in a period that maybe I didn't know how to express myself that I didn't want to share because mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know, maybe I felt embarrassed or I felt tired yes. <laughs> of even thinking about what my circumstances were. And so I just wouldn't communicate. But I think that the people that I know and that know me, they realize that. And then some might go through that same thing themselves. Mm-hmm. So even if we haven't talked, then when we talk, we just pick up. Right. They know it's not any sort of like hard feelings. They know it's nothing funny, but the cares of life sometimes can be overwhelming and everybody uh, deals with those things differently. Yeah. Did we ever read the four agreements? Were we ever in a book club together? I don't know. I can't. I don't know in my so mind. Many things in, in Hattiesburg. But have you read the Four Agreements? It's the like. Uh, I know it's the be impeccable with your word. Yeah. Um. Like, don't take anything personal. You yes. Know? Yes. That, that brought that up when you were saying that. Is I think sometimes when we're so close to people and we love them, we take that on and we take it personal. Like, yes. well, they're they're shutting me out. They're not letting me in to help. And sometimes people just need that time by themselves to heal or do whatever they need to do. And it's just what's going on with them right then. And it's what's necessary. And everybody, the thing to learn is that everybody processes or deals with things differently. Some people are very verbal. Some people Mm -hmm. shut down, you know, others go in between those kind of things, you know, but I think friends with people that get quiet. And I'm like, yes. why aren't you talking? talking yes. I think that's, I think that's what it is, is that, 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 that is the thing that that's what I would tell friends. But I think that's what the people who know you, they start to understand that it really doesn't have anything to do with you purposefully, just not talking to them. Right. They're like, oh, okay. I I hear from you next week. (laughs) Mm, Proof of life. I just want proof of life. That's why one of my friends will be like, "Are you alive?" And I'm like, "Yes, (laughs) yes, I am." (laughs) Well, this brings us to a final question here. Um, Okay. What do you want Black women to know and to do in regards to friendships? This is sending this advice out to Black women all over the world and the galaxy because we're going to be playing across the galaxy once they get these portals open to these other dimensions. And we want Black women, what do we want them to know and do in regards to friendship? Um, uh, 
would make them a priority, you know, make them a priority in your life just as much like it's friendship is an investment. And a lot of times people, their friends are family, sometimes Mm -hmm. better family than family, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and what I see with some people is that you have to think about these things over the rest of your lifetime. Like, are these going to be the people, like, are you going to have a Golden Girls commune with you (laughs) and your friends? Are you guys going to be in your captain and moo-moos and sitting around (laughs) doing whatever In the same neighborhood, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that it really, those things really are important. And just like I was saying about myself, that what I would want my friends to know is that like, if I get quiet, it's not about them. Mm -hmm. It still is then my responsibility to, if I know that about myself, to not lose connection with people and Mm -hmm. to do better. Because even if you have that about yourself, you might need to challenge yourself to show up and do whatever work it is so that you don't lose that connection because you go quiet. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like really invest in these friendships because they should, you, and you don't need a ton of friends. You just need quality friends. Yes. Quality. And that's the thing is like, are you really have the best friendships that you can? And are these friendships with people that you can be your authentic self with? Or are you only showing up as a version? If there's some people that you only show up as a version of yourself with, but I mean like true, 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 true. Like if you go to the hospital, are they going to be there to, you know what I mean? Are they going to be there to see you? Are they going to pick up your kids? <laughs> that yeah, kind so of thing. Pick- <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's one of those things that to really make the investment and then to also make it our place to have really true friendships because everybody needs people and not just a bunch of people, but people who will be your people for the rest of your life. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what we need. We need quality people. We we are I think most of us come into contact with a lot of people, mm-hmm. but everybody's not going to be your person. They're not going to be your real people when you really need people and can you be your truest self? So I think that would be my word for anybody is you know, prioritize your truest mm-hmm. friendships. Yes. And invest and invest in them. Show up, you know, you can have that expectation for you to show up for them and them to show up for you. And yeah. just invest in that because you do need, you need that for, for the quality of your life. Girl, that's such a good word. I was just like, that we could just close up shop. That's, that's all the podcasts we have for the rest of our days right there. That's it. But I mean, it's true. It's just, it's quality. Like everyone's not your person. And it's as we get older and, and I'm just, I like how earlier you were saying people in their twenties and then you said, and now it's not, it's 2022. I was like, that's right, girl. We're not slipping, giving them any of these numbers. Right. (laughs) We're all 25, um, forever 25. Um, 
but as we get older, our priorities do change. And you, you do think more in terms of if I go into the hospital, you know, mm-hmm. if I get sick and then when you're a parent, you have kids, like who can I trust to come and do this or see about my family? That's you know, right. who, who's going to walk in there and say, no, she, she would never want that done. Exactly. <laughs> I know her records. <laughs> what exactly. are you doing? You know, um, quality is so important. Is there anything that you would like to leave us with today? Any thoughts? I, I don't know. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed this. I think just the fact of we, I think we as just regular people, I know I consume a lot of internet time. <laughs> so, so we're always like gathering information. For me, it's like deep thoughts, but it's also nonsense. But I think yeah. the fact that you're having these kind of kind of conversations, it's also important to have conversations where we can really be who we, how we see ourselves. And then yeah. maybe what we're sharing, uh, we can help somebody else. So yeah. I think that's the thing is that we can receive stuff, but I think it's just as powerful if you can give some of that good stuff away, because that's what, I think that's what helps us all when somebody decides that they have something that they can just give away for the sake of helping somebody else. So I think that's, that would be my most important uh, thing to say is to, you know, what you have is it matters, it matters. Who you are matters and your voice matters. And if you have something good, to give to other people, not to tell them how to live, but just to say, I hope that something that I say can be helpful to somebody else. So what what else has been going on? I'm trying to think. Well, you know, now they're telling us that we can get part of these student loans forgiven, but now we got to fill out a form. Like, do you not already have my information? I saw some shit about how some states were going to charge tax. Yeah, like it's lottery money. Like we're we're getting winnings. They're gonna they're gonna tax it like it's a write off. Shit for public education since we started the lottery. Have not. Have not. There are still schools that are not doing well. Where who's getting this money? Right. We had a school here in Memphis where the ceiling collapsed in it. But we don't want to fund schools and we keep sending children of color into these buildings. But that's a whole nother conversation. I've already said it that when I have my kids. On the phone with my education friends. (laughs) When I have my kids, I'm calling on all of my education friends. We're going to build a school just for those children. So get ready. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more black people. I was reading another article about, you know, there are more black children that are being taken out of public schools and their parents are homeschooling them. They are. They are. Sick of it. Sick of it. It's Who's really- that actress that was on, um, you know, the the show about, uh, gosh, she was on the show about the two sisters that found out they were sisters and they had the same dad. I know. It's really not bringing up anything, but... Um, she actually has a school that she's- The Ava DuVernay show? Not the Ava DuVernay. This was like, through the journey of discovery. Oh, half and half. <laughs> yes, everything's musical. I'm still musical. mad with the CW and UPN for canceling it. <laughs> yes. To this day. But go ahead. 
so the sister that came from more of the bougie background, I can't name the actress right now, but I follow her on Instagram. Essence and Atkins. Essence Atkins, that's it. She actually has a school that's at her, what do you call that? It's not your main not house. Moving. It's like your guest house or the pool house. Not moving. Yeah, so she's gone from just having her son there to actually having, I think they're up to six or seven kids and a community of people that have come together to homeschool children of color. And so I think um, there are several accounts out there on social media too, and I can look those up and put those in I think they call the them learning pods. Learning pods, yeah. But there, there are more Black people that have decided, you know what, if you're so worried about teaching the future that actually happened because of your discomfort with what you or your ancestors might have done, yeah. we'll just teach our children everything they need to know along with that. And I'm all for it because that's really what education should be. School should be supplemental. Family should be instilling those values and all of that personal identity. You can't trust the establishment to educate yeah. your, your Black child properly. Right. And communities should fortify that. You know, shout out to the black churches that you called out because black churches back in the day would teach us a lot of our history, like the annual mm -hmm. Juneteenth program, the black history month program. And there, and I grew up, you know, mostly going to an AME church and we were always learning black history and just everything that we did as far as the black church experience, it definitely fortified us because that was a piece of the community. That's why I watch Eyes on the Prize right oh, there. Oh, I know that one good thing we did, did right. right. Hey, it was the day, <laughs> day we started to fight. Keep your eyes on the prize. prize. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Never yeah. forget. All right. So, Melanie, what you about to do? I know it looks really nice outside, and I think it's a great day to go shopping indoors. <laughs> <laughs> I have not started packing. Um, I got this flight coming up in a couple of days. I have not started packing. I have not finished mm -hmm. washing clothes. I have no idea uh, what I'm going to be taking with me to San Francisco. But from what I understand, there's a bunch of dead fish <laughs> along oh the bay goodness. because of some type of algae bloom that's killing all the fish so I look forward um to go into the city and with some masks to cover up the dead fish smell I hope they have that oh, cleaned wow. up before I get there but I need to go shopping Ooh. you know my favorite place to go shop I gotta get the pennies JC um, love me some JC Penny, and I got several coupons that I added to my mobile app and I need to go to DSW to find mm. shoes maybe a couple other spots and find me something to eat what you about to do I really want to go into the city <laughs> uh, there's a few places in Atlanta that I want to stop by but I'm not sure if I want to people you know what I'm saying yeah like do I really want to be around that many people you know maybe you do live in Atlanta so I know a I lot know. of people <laughs> there's so no I'm just, way I'm like do I want to do it today or I want to do it tomorrow mm -hmm. like how early can I do it but um yeah that and and get a meal Washed my my sister locks today. Oh, what you think about eating though? Because I I pulled out some steaks. I have two strip steaks mm. um, that I got out. I don't know what I'm gonna do with that second. I might just season it and put it back in the freezer, and it'll be awaiting me. But what you think about eating though? Is it weird that um, I'm thinking about cooking something that involves grits? 
what's going in the grits or on the grits and maybe some shrimp or something sauteed on top with some onions yeah. I don't know I'm just thinking about that like I haven't done that in a while I feel like shrimp and grits is like the official dish of Atlanta <laughs> I don't know if it's the dish of Atlanta you know they all about those wings and crab legs yeah. oh my are there any crabs uh, available for the rest of the country but I've, I've considered myself <laughs> right. y'all do do a lot of crab and, legs, and they love they love them y'all niggas love some shrimp and grits over there girl them wings and stuff <laughs> yeah I've, I've considered myself a shrimp and grits connoisseur um I worked with this company years ago and I would travel and every town I went to I would try shrimp and grits at restaurants and for me if you you mess up the shrimp and grits you, you you did to me you just you're no good and that's a card you'll yeah, never get back is is your southern card that's it yeah yeah don't Speaking mess up a grits. black card don't mess up your southern card because ain't nothing worse when you make the south look bad come Who's on bad? now telling Who's people bad? we cook stuff that we know we don't cook down here mm-hmm. but yeah that's what ain't I'm no lobsters in these waters i don't even know why we fool them crawfish <laughs> <laughs> maybe hey are there lobsters on the coast of Georgia? I'm not sure. Have to I don't know. We got beaches in Georgia too, and apparently we have right. a shore. People, don't but we got realize. lakes too. Just stay away from um, Lanier. Just don't. I do wonder that. if it's true that Elon Musk bought Lake Lanier. I'm just wondering if he did, and if he did, how do you buy a public lake? that is built on a black town that was purposely flooded and the late claims lies every year all right we can't save you elon so go right on ahead yeah, you go on and do that if you want to people go ahead and just sell your stock just go ahead and unload it right now because it's over for shout out Tesla. to the ancestors that are still protecting us mm-hmm. all right y'all so we will see y'all on the next episode but let us know what you about to do. Um, don't yes. forget to follow us. Don't forget to read the liner notes. We are a podcast that has liner notes. And we're also a podcast that wants to be a good friend to you. And so to be a great friend to us, share this show with others. We're all over the place as now. Each one, teach one, reach one. And right. slide into our um, social media DMs. Now, I'm not saying slide into my DMs. Slide into Melody's her DMs. DMs if you have <laughs> a single brother, cousin, nephew over what age by the way over 35 whatever but these young boys be owner y'all holla at my girl slide into her dms but you can also talk to us about the episodes okay yes all right send us show suggestions and we will talk to y'all soon bye y'all bye yeah we really got to put a call out to get us in the studio like right some it, studio it's time. coming it's coming and i sent you a beat this morning like we need to write some bars over that beat girl you know me and kanye got the same birthday so i got you on bars Mm-mm, i just i got like, real bars really candy bars that trigger bars. man beat straight up it was a trigger man loop straight out of new orleans Okay. We can do something with that. Let's see what you say. Get us in the studio.